When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Arthi, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy. I've had some good news. Oh, yeah? Can you share your good news? It's old news now, but Jax is gone. Rest in peace. Nope. Jackson Peace. <laughs> Jackson Peace. We should call him Jax Taylor Marhum. <laughs> <laughs> That's like yes. only for our brown listeners. Marhum means like the late. The late yes. Jax Taylor. Late. Jax Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Jax so, and Brittany so, are out. Uh, and then there's only one question I want to ask you right now. Is he going mm-hmm. to go down to Miami to be a hockey team PR person? Or is he going to end up in Kentucky selling beer cheese? 100% Kentucky for beer cheese. 100%. <laughs> See, Jax would still not have to work then. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there it is. So I have a friend, a very good friend who's from Kentucky. And so she knows about Versailles, the place <laughs> yeah. where they got and I remember her telling me about it a bunch and I was like oh my god this place is so trashy and like the thing is people in Kentucky like there's actually wealthy people in Kentucky right because like the derby and just like old Kentucky money clearly Brittany is not one of those people Mm -hmm. and people who get married at the castle or whatever or the palace or the versailles is not are not actually wealthy so it's like everything about britney's wedding everything was just like super cheesy i have another friend who ran into jacks and the toms while they were there shooting for the wedding and she said that jacks was a complete asshole duh and that Tom Schwartz was really, really nice. The Tom Sandoval seemed really private, but was very nice, but just seemed like very private. And Tom yeah. Schwartz was like super nice. I was like, Tom Schwartz was on drugs. Like, that's why he was nice. <laughs> but he yeah, was good. Talking, to be talking to anybody but Katie. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. That's a miserable relationship. But we'll talk yeah. about VPR yeah. when it. Now I'm going to watch. I'm definitely watching Vanderpump Rules now. Yeah. I'm going to reward VPR with the watch. Good exactly. Job. If you did something good, you have to be rewarded. So I'll reward you, Pierre, by watching. Even though I don't like the newer cast so much, I'll watch Fashina. Yes. It's like if Southern Charm had gotten rid of everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and just been like, I, I would watch a show about Chelsea. Mm, Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea. I would watch Chelsea. Yeah, she was. She was was great. She had that beautiful house, and she was like, "This is where I listen to NPR." I was like, "You listen to NPR, Chelsea? What?" Yeah. Um. Yeah, I loved her, and and I think if they had just canceled Southern Charm and just like been like, "We're only gonna do New Orleans," that's it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But um. Yeah, I I am interested again in Vanderpump Rules because it's like the Toms. It's going to be much more Ariana centric, which I'm happy with. Yeah. And I want to see how Katie does without Stassi. Is she still on them? 
Oh, yeah. Katie would be still on. Yeah. Mrs. Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Maybe yeah. Schwartz will be nicer to Katie now that Jax isn't in the picture. I don't know. Oh, what yeah, happens yeah. to their house in Valley Village? Do they stay yeah. there? Or, I don't know. You know, is he going to come scooting by on his little beer scooter when <laughs> cool, cooler scooter when they're filming? Yeah, like, a, yeah. He, I, I bet he'll try to show up for all their, all their scenes. <laughs> yeah, he'll come by and he'll say that thing. He'll be like, if you, you can come help me here. <laughs> In that, that scene you in the water. You can come film me here. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, want good. to. <laughs> if you want to, yeah. Good riddance. What else wow. is going on in Bravo News? In other Bravo News, apparently, and you and I are not watching it, OC, mm-hmm. um, Bronwyn is going a little bit nuts. All of social media is upset with her, but on so many different <laughs> for so many different reasons it's it's spinning my head so she came out Mm -hmm. immediately people said pick a lane you're just getting sober let that be your storyline why are you adding all of this right and then a whole bunch of homophobic comments started off are you sure is it only for publicity and then all of a sudden (laughs) they are like why is she still married if she is lesbian why is she still married? And then the ones that are talking about that are also talking about, is she there for the kids? Is she a good mother? Ugh. Lay off her, man. There's so many things, so much that you can find fault with her. She Yeah, is like just her relationship with Tamara is yeah, fault enough. Have, just exactly. hate her for being friends with Tamara. Oh Caduce, right? Yeah. So our friend Caduce, um, Richie D, tweeted at her when she's, she had this girls get together with Tamara. And so Caduce said, watch out for her and stay away from her. And she came back with a whole bunch of reasons why and that uh, Tamara has been there for her. And you don't know Tamara. You don't see what uh, what a good person she is. I'm paraphrasing here. But that in itself, you could pick on. Pick on her mm-hmm. for that. Pick on her for having a girls party when there are so many people dying of COVID, just having these parties and ignoring COVID. There's so much you can pick on. But this ugly, ugly, ugly picking on her because she came out while also sobering up. What is so hard to understand that that those two incidents may not be connected, right? Yep. It's like they're connected. That's why she's coming out. So she's coming out. So how do you know that she's not taking care of her kids? Maybe that's why she's not divorcing the husband. Yep. That's because uh, there's uh, so much more involved and there's so many more kids involved and they're just thinking of co-parenting until they sort it all out. So what is what is wrong with all of that? I don't understand why people cannot reconcile all of that. And there's just post after post after post talking about Bronwyn and her declarations. I mean, I hate it because the thing is that there are a lot of people that call themselves allies. There's a lot of people that call some call themselves liberal. But just right. like there are microaggressions against people of color, there are microaggressions against people of non-binary cis lifestyle. Right. So right. just like the way that we, we're now becoming more cognizant of the things that we say and the words that we ask when it comes to Black people or immigrants or anything like that, we need to be a little bit more cognizant of the kind of questioning that happens about 
gay people or different types of marriages. So people asking immediately, oh, is she taking care of her kids if she's gay? What does that have anything to do with her being a mother? Right. Or, oh, well, her husband is must be so sad now that he's, she's come out. Her husband seems to be perfectly fine. Or the other thing is, oh, her husband is also gay. It's like, yes. that doesn't, those, like, they, no, she all... cannot be lesbian. She has to be bi. Yes, like, who, exactly. Who are you to decide whether she's bi? She is what she is. And they're like, if she's just becoming sober, that should be her storyline. Why does it have to be that she's gay too? Well, you know what? I would imagine that somebody who, and I don't, I only know, again, I've never watched this. I only know because I listen to the Crappens recaps or like I'll look through like Instagram stories and stuff of people that report on it. Here's what I know about Bronwyn is that she said that she realized that she was an alcoholic because she was pregnant and nursing for years and years and years. And the times between where she was not pregnant or nursing, she realized that she was drinking heavily without control. It's possible that during those 20 years where she is either making a baby, nursing a baby, or she's blackout drunk, that she's purposely doing these things so that she doesn't have to focus on herself. And now that she's sober and she's finally focusing on herself, that she's now discovering this part of herself. It's like, I know people who, especially coming from like conservative communities, like I know people who came out in their late 20s or in their 30s and stuff like that. And for them, culturally speaking, it was really difficult to tap into those parts of them. So they did the things. I mean, I know people that were married. I know people that were in long-term relationships, you know, heterosexual relationships because they were purposely turning off some part of themselves because they thought that that's not acceptable. And I would right. imagine that there's probably some part of their relationship, Bronwyn and her husband, where he allows it. They obviously they have an open relationship. The girlfriend's been around. It works for them. Why does it have to be that he's gay? Why does it yeah. have to be that she's a bad mother? Right. Why does it have to be that, oh, they should get divorced exactly. now? Exactly. People don't have to define your relationship. It, it, the re- the point where it gets bad is obviously where there's like abuse or somebody's toxic or somebody's upset. Like right. then, yes. But like there's and no I, reason why. You, again, I don't people, watch the show, yeah. but I heard that in the last episode, she snaps at him and hits him or something oh. like that. Like for like oh. something to do with the vacuum cleaner. And she oh. says that this is not the first time I've hit him. So that, oh. yeah, that got pretty dark, right? So I'm like, okay, there's so much going on there. Why pick on the woman about so many different things? Like none of which are connected to each other. Yeah, like, her being gay has nothing to do with hitting her husband exactly. with a vacuum cleaner. One does not preclude the other, right? So Because I'm straight your- and I'll hit my husband with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> right. That doesn't make you gay. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you a boss ass bitch. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Nobody should be abusing each other. Okay. We should not be hitting our spouses. No. Stop it. Stop it. I Don't know. get us canceled. <laughs> I know. Oh, this is a loopy episode. I know. <laughs> yeah, all over yeah. the place. But, yeah, but yeah. it brings us to a loopy episode. Of Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay, I love this show. I think it's it's our past New York. Absolutely, this whole season was ten out of fucking ten. Like, it was perfect in every way. And I was like, it was such a from top to bottom perfect finale episode. Did you watch it multiple times? I did. (laughs) I think everybody did. But yeah, it's, it's like this episode 
has put this franchise in the center of the, the buffet seating there. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. They, uh, it's the White Throne. It's everything. This uh, this episode, it, it was like, it felt like Potomac built from episode one of season one and built it up slowly, and this was its culmination. Like, and I don't know how you surpass actually i do know how you surpass it because each personality including monique is so interesting the thing i love about potomac always is the same thing i love about new york is that they are not afraid to call each other out right and that's why it works because there's no hesitation and they move on to the next fight yes they hold it they keep it they use it they don't dwell on it and they don't you know mope around on it and make a whole season about one little slice exactly so on the finale of Rehazas of Potomac, Monique goes to therapy and we learn that she hasn't learned anything. Yep. Juan and Robin have, I think, like their best episode to date from a moving therapy session to a proposal. Yep. I don't know about you, but I cried the whole time. Did? <laughs> I did. I was very emotional <laughs> watching this episode. The Darbies proved to us that they are just absolute fucking yeah, trash. Michael was emotional too. Ugh. And another thing in 2020 I did not predict was me being totally hot for Chris Bassett. His bald head. No, No. let me tell you. His bald head, the silver beard, the exposed ankles, like all of it. No, I I have to admit, they did a, uh, when he walked out, when he was thrown out and he walked out and he pulled out his jacket. Mother, may I? It was. But then I remembered he is bald and he's a failing restaurateur. <laughs> no, I was like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, as if like <laughs> that means anything. And a deadbeat dad. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah. But in that moment for that few seconds, I was like, oh, oh is this yeah. what Candace sees? <laughs> yeah, and you could tell Candace was like so horny for him afterwards. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm oh. going to fuck your brains out after this. Like she was so hot for him. And I was like, I don't blame you, sis. Get it. Get that is going to turn from brown to black. So let's because it's a finale. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about like the major relationships because that's what I like about finale episodes is like you get to tie up all of these right. storylines. So Karen, do you think that Karen tried to set Monique and Candace up? First of all, relationship. I have to talk about Karen and Ray's relationship. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the fakest thing in the show. Karen managed to have a whole complete full circle relationship arc all by herself. <laughs> yes. She didn't need the help of any of her castmates to move that story along and bring it full circle. Okay. <laughs> she had a private experience. She had her own show. All by herself. That's all... how good Karen is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Karen doesn't need anything. She doesn't need her husband. She doesn't need a dildo. She just needs herself and a pillow. And she is good to go. He managed to have a whole storyline that had nothing to do with anybody else. It and by so the way, funny. yeah. I and was, by I was like, oh my God, she brought that she brought that train home all by herself. But <laughs> she dragged it. She dragged it all, all the way home. I she realized it, she dragged it just like she does. Ray. Yes, out of the party. 
exactly Let's go home, baby <laughs> yeah i also realized that the finale they always show like this season on real houses of potomac right they always show you all the things that happen i had forgotten about karen's ridiculous party where she dressed up as beyonce <laughs> yes Keyonce. <laughs> I forgot about Keyonce. Well, I was like, this season was yeah, so rich. Abysmal, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like this season, let's talk about all the things Karen did, right? She obviously she broke down and rebuilt her relationship and institution, formidable as fuck. She showed us not just one business, but two businesses. We went to Walden Farms. She did her rural economic development. Yes. Oh, my God. And then she did some urban economic development in Portugal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> AKA Portland. Yes. And then she she went to therapy. She had that ridiculous housewarming party with the Cirque du Soleil people in the backyard and the oh, Karen... Yeah suit yes like karen really brought it this season i'm telling you she had her own little karen show <laughs> she did. the entire season there was a season of karen season one <laughs> like a whole other show that's happening inside the show yes it was like the season where after luann came back from rehab right basically the season where luann came back from rehab was still in aa mm -hmm but was going around and taking pictures of herself in front of her cabaret poster. I think that was the season that Luann thought that was like her comeback season because she had that ridiculous roundhouse. Right. <laughs> she, she had her cabaret posters. And it's like, if this was if this was New York and Bethany was there, she would be like, Bethany would be like, you're a sicko. You're a sicko for wigs. <laughs> That's what it would be. Yeah. Now, do you think Karen tried to set Monique up? Monique <laughs> and Candace up. I think she was thinking of doing it and then she chickened out. She had to dance around all of that to make sure that, that it didn't happen because she decided at, at some point that this was going to become too serious and too legal for her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't be doing this. And she just chickened out and then tried to make sure that they didn't meet. I think the other thing is that she kept saying to Candace, well, the truth will come out. And it was like, what are you talking about? Like, what truth are you talking about? And I think that's where it gets messy because it's like, Karen, if you really genuinely wanted to be there for either people, you wouldn't sit there and keep like vaguely talking about the truth coming up because that's the kind of shit that like Monique does on social media where right. she's like, oh, you guys just wait and see you guys. By the way, Monique is a monster. Monique is a monster. <laughs> that laugh in the end. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think Karen, I think you're right. I think Karen thought that she was being messy, but then she realized it's going to get legal. And then she was like, mm, nope, I got it. Yeah. She was like, Ray, she was like, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Do you believe that Karen's plane had mechanical problems? <laughs> I do. Did you not see the receipts Karen brought to Instagram? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Care. I'm telling you, she orchestrated a whole season of stuff. She directed it. She produced. She got Bravo to put the money in. If you clip out Karen scenes throughout the season and put them together, you would get an episode of Karen One. But there would be, you know, and you would not, you would not miss anything. No, <laughs> you're right. Do you think Karen's a good friend? I think Karen is a very good friend to Karen. To Karen. <laughs> 
for Shmosty Karen. But I think she tries to be. She tries really hard to be. I think Karen wants to be viewed as like the wise older woman who like can give wisdom to these like ratchet young girls. You know, I think right. that's what she likes to. I mean, she is the grand dame, right? Like that's her whole thing. And right. she's like, you know, the lady who people should be leaning on for wisdom and whatever. And I will say the intervention or whatever she had, the mediation, I don't know what right. that was with Monique. I will yeah. say that Karen definitely was great then. Right. I think she did all the right things then. But I think at, since that point, she has just been lying up and down. Even that whole thing where she's talking about like, oh, uh, I would have told you not to come. Like, it's like if Candace wasn't running late, she would have shown up and Monique would have been there. And there's nothing that you could have done at that point to stop it. Yeah. And you could tell Karen was lying the whole time. And Karen right. is a bad liar, by yeah. the way. So she in that is. way, I I think Karen's not a good friend to Candace, but I do believe Karen is a great friend. To Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I think she tries to be, or she thinks she is. But I also think she gets confused really easily. She does. But you present so much, it's too complicated. (laughs) It's too complicated. She She gets confused. And she's like, well, this is not why this is not what I signed up for. I will say, by the way, Karen also, so she had her whole show of Karen. Right. If it wasn't for Karen, we would not have had that fight at the end. That's right. If she hadn't if she hadn't if gotten she hadn't in, shown up, nothing would mm-hmm, have happened. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Karen is essential. She's an essential worker to that this. She is. Give her the vaccine first. Yeah. <laughs> she might get it because of her age. Right. Right. True. <laughs> so the Darbies. Yeah. No, oh, I gotta ask. Well, uh what the fuck is this relationship? Like, Ashley, what are you doing? I don't know. I think the last time I felt like this was the Ashley and Thomas Ravenel scenes. Like, oh, what yes. am I watching? That's the only other time I felt, like, uncomfortable. Like, we're going to get rid of Jax Taylor. I don't ever want to see Michael Darby on my TV ever again. There's absolutely no reason why this man. And even the way that it was edited, after the fight is over, this man is still out here picking fights and yelling at everybody. And Ashley kicks him out and she's like you're embarrassing me this is enough like she is mortified and then their title card at the end just said like oh the next day they went to the bahamas and then she's pregnant and the music and everything it felt very menacing it felt very much like ashley's trapped in a marriage and like sos on ashley right somebody check in on ashley i mean it doesn't even make sense ashley seems like a smart girl but this is the only part of her persona as a real housewife that i don't like is michael kick michael out but keep ashley can we do that yeah and it was really weird because i noticed this thing where you know michael starts being oh he pushed me he pushed me he touched me he touched me right and ashley goes up to him and she goes who touched you who touched yeah. you? Yeah. And and then he says that's when he says, Oh, that that bald guy with the failing restaurant, which is hilarious. Like <laughs> the delusion is grander than right. the grand dame herself. Like <laughs> it's <That's> insane. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it's insane. And then Ashley turns around and she starts to pop off, and she doesn't pop off on Michael nearly the way that she does on Candace and right. on Chris. Right. And it's the same thing of like Monique will take it out on her, as Ray said, her minuscule coworker. Right. But she won't take it out on her husband. Right. Ashley will take it out on Candace and Chris. 
Uh, that that, in that moment, up. she was pissed off at Michael too. Yes, absolutely. She was like doubling down and get, just getting throwing it on Candace. But then also Candace, on the other hand, she's like, yeah, come at me. I was like, again, why are you doing this, this ma'am? Hold on to your wig, bitch. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, why are you doing this again? This is the, in the same season. You asked two different people to come, come at you and hit you. What? Oh my gosh. Why are it you inviting people to come hit you? Oh my God. I was like, we learn a thing, girl. And I think the <laughs> other thing that I found really interesting was Michael's behavior versus the barn fight goes to show you like the difference between how white men operate and how black women are treated. Because right. certainly Monique's behavior at the barn was horrible. Right. But Monique's behavior at the barn doesn't define all black women. But Michael is seen as just Michael Darby, the drunk, weird Australian guy who looks like walking herpes. Like that's all it's seen as. And the thing that I hope that they touch on at the reunion is like Michael acting that way in a party full of black men. Mm -hmm. If they if Juan was pulling him aside and things started to get violent then and the cops showed up, it would be Michael. It you wouldn't heard be Wendy. You heard Wendy. She was like, no, Eddie cannot be there. Not, you know, between these two white men. So there was some some stuff on social media about clarification on that. So I thought she said, baby, you aren't white, baby. You you can't be playing with them boys. But that's apparently what she, she said. said. I thought well, that's what she had said, too, yeah. that you aren't white. But she went on social media and she said, I said, you got on white. Hmm. Either yeah. way, Wendy has had a reason to get her beautiful black husband out of there. I, and I agree because you must protect Eddie Osefo at all costs because he is I mean, he's he great. Is but like, you know what? Michael's got his eyes on him, too. Right. I mean, there's I, only so much want to go around. We needed Eddie. Oh, my God. Michael devolved as a human being because Juan pulled the trigger oh. <laughs> with Robin. Like, oh my God. 100%. He 100%. unraveled so quickly. Yes. And, and, you know, everybody was like, yeah, one was, you know, being nice about whenever he said, oh, you, uh, I got you. I've always been there for you. What did that mean? I think one was just being polite because he didn't want to trigger anything with the crazy Michael. I think one is just trying to humor him so he he doesn't have to hear everything he heard last season. So he's like... Yes. He's like, yes. he's just humoring the bald, the bald white guy. And everybody was like, why do they have a relationship? Why well, also, like, Giselle is feeding too much into that. Like, I was like, Giselle, you're Robin's friend. Like, you should yeah. shut that shit down. Her feeding into it was, like, too much. I was like, Giselle, yeah. please. Honestly, my notes don't even mention Giselle because she was, like, such a nothing person. Oh, my God. She season. looked like she was, she was, you know, going to be beamed up into a different planet or something. She looked like... I don't know, guys. Happy. I really like that outfit. <laughs> The astronaut suit, you liked it? I like the shirt and I like the pants. I maybe didn't love them together. I didn't love the shoes with it on Giselle. I didn't like the hairband and the shower curtain ring as a necklace. <laughs> but um, I think Ron is just humoring Michael because it's awkward. It's like he's this like creepy old creepy old white dude who's drunk and always hitting on him what is he supposed to do right it's very hard for black men to figure out how to navigate that situation because it can go left so quickly you know michael has been fantasizing about having he was having a whole other relationship with juan in his mind yeah he wants wants to have a bachelor party without cameras that was so So creepy creepy. the way he laughed in that moment it was so gross 
I love what you posted on Instagram today. Yes, at Velvet Hammer Designs, our friend Jackie, who makes yeah. amazing shirts, by the way. I got two of them. I got a make or I made yeah. a nice shirt from her and I bought um a baddest thing walking. And my kids, yeah. whenever I wear the baddest thing walking, they're always like, Mama, why does your shirt say that you're bad? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Kyle shirt from her. Softest shirts, by the way. It's the softest. softest. She she did a hilarious meme of Michael maniacally laughing of like, yeah. that's the way your two-year-old reacts when he does horrible shit. And I'm like, yeah, Michael is a drunk toddler right. in like a disgusting old dude's body. But let's move on from Michael, okay? Oh, but um, Michael won't move on from us. He's still I, there. Talking I know. To <laughs> I know. I need him to go away. Uh, do you think the Robin and Juan are the hottest couple on Bravo? Yes. I they are gorgeous. Gorgeous in person. Robin is gorgeous in person. Juan obviously is okay. They look so hot together. That whole outfit that Robin had on, the red thing with ugh, yeah. like, I was like, you're so fly. Like oh. you're so good looking. I just I have to say the Dixon is actually dress like that more like that. I know, I wish to. All the reunion she comes like stuffy, like she's covering up and stuffy. I think the purple one was the best one so far. Yeah. But this yellow one, oof, that's coming oh, the reunion. Up. Yeah, yeah. The reunion. She's got like weird hairspray in her hair, makes her look like a cheetah. I don't know what's going somebody, on. Somebody somebody online said it looked like printer cartridges out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to change the ink in the in the printer. It does. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I have to say Juan and Robin, when he I was crying. Oh, What's wrong with me? I they had to, looked like, so good in that moment, didn't they? They looked oh so hot. It was so real, it was so natural because Robin was definitely like, My husband does not do this. Like he does right. not oh Did you were you proposed to? No. Me either. I, it was like, <laughs> Okay, I'll be doing this. Okay. That's how it was. Yeah. I asked to be proposed to, and yeah. then instead I just had an engagement party, and his family came and put a ring on my right. finger. Like he put a that's ring on what happened. Like okay, we're getting married. Okay, and then the family gets married, and they get proposed. They proposed to each other. It's like yeah, our dads they, proposed to each other. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. His like, dad asked my dad for my hand, and he and I had already been together for like a year and a half at this yeah. point. His dad asked my dad for my hand. Then our moms called each other and picked a date for an engagement party. His mom sent clothes for right. me to wear. Yeah. My mom sent a suit for him to wear. Right. They came to my house. There's some chai and some sweets. <laughs> oh no, it was it was a full blown party. Like I think oh. I think my engagement party in my backyard was the equivalent of like a pandemic wedding. Like yeah. it was it was big. Yeah. And and like an actual pandemic wedding, not a Cynthia Bailey pandemic wedding. But he came and he put a ring on my finger. Like his family came and we sat down and then he took out the box and yeah. everybody took pictures and he put a ring. Nobody fucking asked me. Okay. He kind of, we talked about it. I was like, so we're going to get married, right? And he was like, yep. And I was like, exactly. okay, well, your dad's, your dad's going to have to call my dad. But the thing is, Arthi, mm -hmm. I specifically said I want to be proposed to. Aww. And nobody did it. And I still... Every like once a quarter, once a fiscal quarter, I remind my husband <laughs> that he did not propose to me. <laughs> and he always goes, well, joke's on you because we're married. <laughs> Almost 10 years. We got two kids and a mortgage. <laughs> what are you waiting for? So I'll be married 10 years this summer. 
And so I will, I've told him, I said for my 10 year anniversary, I want an upgrade. I want a proposal. I want all of it. And he was like, all right, no pressure. So like every, every few months I have to remind him to be like, remember? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then I started watching this and I was like, my God, what if he does that for me? (laughs) But then you know what? You want to know something, Arthi? I just text him. I'll let him know. No, you want to know what's going to happen? Okay. Yep. I'm going to think that he's going to do that for me at our 10-year anniversary, and then he won't, and I will lose my mind. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed that is what's going to happen, because oh that's, that's my we, we talked about it in the last episode. We cannot expect a good thing. You know? No. We cannot even expect it, and we don't accept it if it happens to us, <laughs> even in theory. Yes. We have to do it. <laughs> Correct. Okay, so... Last, of course, but not least, the biggest thing of it was Monique and Candace, right? So Monique goes to therapy and she just continues to double and triple down on everything that we know about Monique, which is that she doesn't think that she's wrong. Even though she knows that she was wrong, she won't mm-hmm. admit that she was wrong to Can- right. when it comes to Candace. And yeah. in my opinion, Monique is a monster. And I believe that the showrunners and the production crew and everybody mm-hmm. thinks that Monique is the monster because she says it was a mutually provoked attack. And she says, you're not going to send me to jail because you're embarrassed that you got dragged when you asked to get dragged. And then she maniacally laughs. <gasps> that was so creepy. I was like, okay. Our friend Bill from the Crappens world bill pointed out something really funny which was monique is gonna win the reunion because there's absolutely no arguing with an anti-vaxxer or like an anti-masker because they will continue to just think that they're right like no matter what you, it's gonna just be extremely frustrating because that's what monique is like she's just somebody who believes what she believes and she will not be convinced otherwise and even if she knows that she's wrong which in the situation she does she will not accept it that was right she has the conviction the courage of the con- you know of her conviction of being right to do wikipedia searches on pandemic exactly and this binder that she's bringing to the reunion isn't even on candace it's a binder about giselle i think the binder had like she had for each of the women she had it tabulated she had tabs but apparently insiders are saying that she's going to use it against giselle because she oh. talks about giselle a lot and it's like oh so you just realized okay, now you got me excited for- yeah 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, now you just realized that you dragged the wrong bitch. The same person you were kikiing with in the beginning yeah. when you were mad at Candace, that same person, now you're going to come after her. Oh, why? Because you just realized that she's buddies with Sharice this whole time. It's like right. Monique is too dumb to know how to navigate her way around this. And she's too hot headed. And she obviously did the wrong thing. But she will never admit that because no. she's too proud. She's too proud. I no. cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Potomac. It's the best thing. It is so it so good. It's so like this year has good. been such shit. And it's just like the thing that brings me the most joy. It is. You know, I have to thank the cast. And then I have to thank a special thanks for Karen. Like Karen's show was awesome. <laughs> but so that was show. It was so good. So I enjoyed each of those parallel tracks. And it was perfect. So good. Let's talk about Atlanta. And then we'll talk about Salt Lake City last. Because Salt oh, Lake wow. City. Oh, wow. You have two more housewife shows. First of all, yes. how many? housewife shows can be handled all of them all of- <laughs> we'll just have to quit at least one of our jobs i think so and now i'm, Either- I'm ready i'm ready yeah. <laughs> so atlanta 
Atlanta premiered this week. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, last season of Atlanta, I missed a couple of episodes. I mostly listened to the recaps. I would catch up. I was it was more of a background show for me, mm-hmm. Atlanta. But this season, I am like fully all back in. All back. Oh my God. I had a I had quite an emotional reaction to this episode. Okay. Here's the deal. If Potomac yes. had the perfect finale, yes. Atlanta had the perfect first episode. Absolutely. Nailed it. It was yep. awesome. It was real. For yes. once, Real Housewives was real. It was uh, yeah. It, it was, oh, to hear George Floyd again. Uh, it, I didn't expect that. Yep. All of a sudden you hear that again and it just triggers everything that we went through Absolutely. the first time you heard it. Yep. So on the premiere of Atlanta this week, we went back to the spring and summer of this year and we see the pandemic and we see Black Lives Matter. Portia is, in Marlo's words, Portia Luther King. And I just, even just saying that right now, I got goosebumps. Cynthia is planning her wedding and giving us her whole nipple. In Candy's life, Todd is for some reason using her money to make a steakhouse in the midst of a pandemic that is horribly impacting restaurants. It makes no fucking sense. But, you know, Todd is Todd. is Todd. And also she's going to court for Riley's child support, which I guess is going to be more of a storyline this year for her. Kenya is in the midst of a divorce, and I don't like Kenya more. But I genuinely was sad watching this. Right. I, I genuinely Kenya does, that. That's what yeah. Kenya does, though. You're right. You go You're right. The, you go through a whole season, and then you're like, that, oh, my God, she's horrible. Get her off the show. <laughs> and then she comes back, and she pulls you right back. And- yes. It's like when Kenya came for a season and, like, was clearly trying to fuck Apollo, and then the next season was like, I'm looking for my mom, and she doesn't love me. I'm like, damn it, Kenya. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay let's oh. let's talk about the emotional stuff first because why not yeah so i know a lot of people on the internet are talking about like we can't watch oc because they're talking about the pandemic and it's too hard to watch mm-hmm. why for you is it okay to watch the pandemic in atlanta but not the pandemic in oc pandemic in atlanta was not ignoring a the pandemic yes that's literally biggest difference it was about the pandemic but it was about so much more it started something that has is still resonating across the globe yeah and in oc i don't know what they're doing apparently (laughs) apparently apparently brandon has gone nuts but yeah i saw somewhere some kind of meme that showed shannon crying because she couldn't find toilet paper yeah that's oc and that's perfect to atlanta and that's not why they're crying exactly that's the thing so for me i felt like unlike oc the reason why seeing this is not upsetting to me is because these aren't women that are making a mockery of the pandemic they're not calling it a hoax they're not saying it's the flu they're not crying about toilet paper they're actually saying we recognize there's a pandemic but we just could not sit inside anymore when we saw the murder of george floyd we know the pandemic is real and we're risking our lives anyway because our lives matter right that's the thing that I feel like it's so different. Now, granted, Cynthia plans her ridiculous wedding. 
her super spreader event, which is going to probably make me irritated. But the amount of attention and the way that they actually filmed it and everything, I felt like it was a perfect way to honor the work that people did this summer. Yeah. And I know a lot of people of color chose not to watch the premiere, which I completely understand. It's too triggering because I watched it and I cried. Yeah. I was crying the whole time anytime they started showing any of the Black Lives Matter footage. Actually, you know, this this may be the first episode that I I usually when my daughter comes into the room and I'm watching Real House and I'm like, I shoo her away. Mm -hmm. And this was one that she came in and I didn't shoo her away. She was like hanging around and looking at it and watching. I was like, yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, that happened. And she was recognizing what happened in the past few months. So I was like, it's okay. Real Housewives of Atlanta has become educational, baby. You could sit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't. Don't let her watch the scenes later on with the stripper. This counts as as nonfiction, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like they honored it really well. And I, I love the fact that they showed Portia's, you know, intellectual glow up going from not knowing about. Portia discovered an, the Underground Railroad. She underground found the, Railroad. She found the gate to go down and find the train there. She got Yeah, on she's she on that. She's, she's conducting that train. That's what she she's doing on now. board. Uh, she's in the and with was just what like style? I mean, I mean, Oof. I was so proud of her little Porsche all grown up. <laughs> I know. What are your thoughts on Kenya's storyline? Because I have to say, it was really upsetting. It was. It was like she, boy, did she pick a scary dude. I think that's actually the reason why I couldn't watch some of it sometimes because of her it shitty ups- husband. It upset me that Kenya, of all people, would have chosen somebody like that. So I thought what was really cool was, and actually. In hindsight, I think it was like a little invasive, but I guess she didn't turn off her mic. But there was that scene in the divorce attorney's room where they have a conversation on camera, the cameras leave, and then her attorney has a real conversation with her. And he says, you know, this happens a lot to black women. They put their career first and then they decide to do the housewife thing and they just go completely in on that and it's like Mm -hmm. you you can't just lose yourself you can't lose yourself and this is also really common in south asian culture too i went through it where i mean even though i got married very young i think you and i got married around the same age right Yeah. yeah even though we both got married at like fairly young ages i think that there is something that happens where you have worked so hard to be the person that you were this independent person when you choose to be a different kind of woman in your in your culture or in your circle or anything, the thing that you actually hear a lot is that's not marriage material. Nobody's going to want to marry that girl because she's too independent. She's too outspoken. She's too loud. She's too... You know, she laughs too loud. She she flirts like she dances too, trying to too rationalize hard. why why isn't she married? Exactly. They'll throw anything that sticks on that. Exactly. Person. And when you get married, that thing in the back of your mind, all those times that you heard people say to you, mm, "That's not going to make a wife." That's not your personality is not the thing that's going to make a wife. So you almost put yourself into the background and you say, "I can't be me." I can't be me. I have to do all of this. I have to pour myself into this marriage. Right. And unfortunately, in Kenya's case, it doesn't work because her husband's a piece of shit. Right. He's not a good person. Oh, we saw, I mean, I felt the same way about fucking Seth from Salt Lake City. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. But like, I just, seeing that on TV, I think is really important. And the way that he talked to her and was really real to her, mm-hmm. like, you got to be you. Like, you got to get yourself together. Right. We know who you are. And just, she just looks so sad. Yeah. Me sad. Yeah. And I like that she was like, I'm going to make a pool because Mark doesn't like pools. Well, guess yeah. what? 
I'm making a pool. I was like, yeah, girl, make a pool. Yeah. That looks like a disaster, but sure. I'm telling you, she pulled me right back in. I was team <laughs> Kenya. I was rooting for her. She said, I cannot even, I'm wearing a minimizer bra and I can. I cannot, you know, zip up my clothes. I was like, I identify with you. I mean, like, <laughs> this is what happened. That quarantine pounds added up. All that yeah. added up. And then I look at Cynthia and I'm like, I cannot relate to Cynthia. Yeah, like, she's like, I gain weight, but look at my perfect boobs popping out. Get out of yeah. here, Cynthia. No, there's no Get point. out of here. Like, I'm supposed to look hot like that. Yeah. Yeah. All it did was just make her butt bigger and her boobs bigger. And I was like, I hate you. I know. Exactly. That's all. That's the only place where she put on weight. <laughs> um, Candy, that conversation, I was like, oh, my God. That poor child hasn't had any relationship. And Candy was always trying. But now she's coming out and talking about it. So it'll yeah. be interesting how involved Riley is in in the show going forward also it's nice to see riley have a personality because i gotta say I know, she is right? the dullest been, child yes i mean compared like you look at riley and then you look at alora day and night right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's crazy even todd's daughter has oh, more yes, personality Ella, than too. Riley. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, oh. it's like yeah but Todd's then riley had like a full face of makeup on and a new oh, nose i and know I was like, are we not going to talk about the nose? Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. That's fine. Yeah. But she had a full face of makeup I, on I to like wash the cars. And I was like, okay, Riley. He, was, he wasn't watch, <laughs> washing the car. And can I say neither was Todd? I don't no. know what he, he just came out with a sponge. It barely had any soap suds on it. And he just walked around. He is not short. Todd is so corny. Is he not the corniest? (laughs) I don't. I'm not annoyed by Todd, irritated by Todd, anything. He's just like, oh, he's there. Like, (laughs) is there? Oh, there's Todd. Yeah, and it's like odd little Todd just showed up. And the thing is, like, because he's harmless, but you just notice him like. Oh, you were standing behind me there. Oh, you're here also? Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't see you. Yeah. <laughs> I I like, I prefer Candy's manager, whatever his name is, her employee, Juan, Juan, Juan Jose, Carlos. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. It's like two names, right? Juan something. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. It's like her associate. People are screaming the name at us now. We saw like dumbasses. <laughs> we just like took a bunch of Hispanic names. We're like, whatever. His name's like Hugo Juan Chavez Frank. You like laughs so much right now. <laughs> I still like, oh, making up. Wait, hold on. I'm going to look it up so we can correct the corrections corner. Juan. Uh-huh. Candy. John Juan. <laughs> His name is Don Juan <laughs> Noor, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Get yourself together. I was thinking it's Juan, but I think the one is the second word. What, <laughs> I was thinking, what would go? What would be in front of yeah, Juan? Yeah, Don Juan would be together, you idiot. I was close. I was going to blurt out, but I couldn't think to go with Juan. But I'm like, I wanted to say like, Don Robin, Juan, Robin. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to say they're like Don Julio or Juan <laughs> Carlos. Like, those are not. What is wrong with me? You turned into our parents. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. This is the moment when we turned into our parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, when my parents and my friends would come over and my mom, because I had, like, a bunch of my best friends from high school. 
very like two of them had very typical white girl names was Kristen and Kate right like so my (laughs) mom my dad would always just mix them I'd be like I don't know your friend Kristen came over I'm like that's not Kristen you're like okay whatever Katie Catherine I don't know dad had that my I had a friend growing up Nandini and my dad always called her Lavanya there's no connection Nandini and Lavanya there's two separate (laughs) words What about Lavanya? Lavanya was here. I'm like, who's Lavanya? Yeah, you just changed your name. Dad, I don't have a friend named Lavanya. Who are you talking about? Yeah, Desi parents, by the way, are like the original Karen. Like, if they don't like your name or they can't remember your name, they will spend your your entire life just calling you somebody else. Like, they don't care. It took me forever. I thought my dad had an imaginary friend of mine. (laughs) Like, are you seeing things? Are you seeing another form here? so funny well on salt lake city great episode every episode so far salt lake city 10 out of 10s for me yeah we are back at the luncheon and it all comes to a head when jen and mary get into it and we find out that mary is a self-loathing racist oh my god that luncheon first five minutes was awesome phenomenal yeah heather continues to show us that she's a fantastic mom and a great friend whitney stole our hearts with more insight into her family and her father's sobriety journey she looks so hot yeah whitney's so hot she's she's fantastic meredith's struggles with set are on display and lisa says some problematic shit about staying in a marriage for eternity (laughs) we need to talk about that okay let's go one at a time this luncheon and mary's racism it was chef's kiss perfect it was was insane to me mary is 110 percent a confirmed psychopath. See, again, I go uncomfortable with her on this show and she shouldn't be on this show at all. You know what? I'm not. I'm not because I want people like her to be exposed. I do. Now no. that it's now that we're learning about why Jen doesn't really like her. It's not about no. hospital smell. It's about the fact that Mary's a racist. And I right. think when we had on, when we had Mani on from Mixing with Mani, right. she mentioned that something racist was said. Yeah, this is it. So Jen tells us that Mary has told her before that if I see black people outside of the 7-Eleven, I don't go in there. I find a different store. I, yeah, I find a different store. And then she also she also calls Jen popping off. She calls her a hoodlum and she says, don't get ghetto. Yeah. It, it blew oh. my mind that this woman was talking this way. Yeah. She kept telling them, oh, let's every let everybody have a chance to talk and then let's not chime in. But right. then she keeps chiming in. And when Heather tries to explain to her what is going on, she says, you have to accept what I'm saying. You have two faces, Heather. Like, yeah. it was absolute fucking batshit crazy. She started to unravel, and I can't wait for her to get roasted at the reunion. Because- oh, my God. The eyes popping out. Jen was right. Like, don't open your eyes at me. It yeah. She's a psychopath. She's yeah. an actual psychopath. And I think her grandmother is to blame. I mean, I don't know if her grandmother is to blame. She was groomed. And they're like, oh, she's a victim. She was groomed to do this. Ugh. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, but she turns it. For, it's, the whole thing with that even is like, oh, she says that she's a victim and she was groomed to do it. But at the same time, she waited two years to get married to him. Yeah. So the story keeps changing. When right. she had dinner with Meredith, she said, oh, it was so awkward. We got married and I waited a month to have sex with my husband. But then talk with Heather. She's like, I waited two years because I wanted I to make sure that this was the right thing. I didn't like, want to marry him. That's what she said over and over. I didn't want to marry him. I didn't want to marry him. And then I had to think about it. For two years. And then she decided that it was okay too. So you had two whole years to make this decision 
you did it and then you decided that it was fine and that you love your life, then be real about it. Be real about it because she's not being real about it. And that's the thing like, yes, is Jen's delivery shit? Yeah, it's horrible. And if somebody was talking to me that way and getting mad, I would get mad too. But there's a reason why Jen is mad. And I can tell now that it's never been about the hospital smell. It's probably been about straight up racist comments. Not the hospital smell. It's about one black woman telling the other one you smell. Exactly. That's what bothered her. It's not the hospital so much as saying that, oh, you smell. Yeah. And I think Jen brought up a great point of saying, I saw her and I said, oh, she's a woman of color and she grew up in in Utah and I want to relate to that. And it's like meeting somebody who you think you're going to relate to, who has this platform, who has, who can have such a good impact and realizing that, oh, this person is a self-loathing racist. Right. Mary in a scene, and I think somebody online pointed it out, you can see her elbows and they're dark. Mary bleaches her skin to be lighter. And we've seen oh, her old no. pictures. We can see that she bleached her skin. Her oh her God. skin, everything is completely different. Yeah. Like she's a whole other person. Yeah. She is purposely walking away from her blackness. And the way that she talks to Jen, who very much owns, I mean, she's not black, but she's married, you know, she's raising black sons. Like right. she owns her black family. And right. Mary walks away from it. And it's really creepy and it's really as uncomfortable and irritating as it is to watch. Mm -hmm. I need people to see that because people like Mary that might, and I don't know if Mary believes this, but people like Mary, like you meet black people like Candace Owens, who says like, Mm -hmm. oh, all lives matter. And everyone's like, oh, see, not all black people believe that. You can find a crazy black person everywhere. You can find a crazy, hello, Dinesh D'Souza. It's like, yes. Oh my God. I was going to say, follow Trump and look for the Indians there. Exactly. So it's there, but it's like important to see why they're wrong. Yeah. And then Mary says, oh, well, there's two things I just don't like. I just don't like the smell of hospitals and convenience stores scare me. Like, what about convenience you? stores scare you? Is it the black people at convenience stores? Right. Or the Indian guy running it? Oh, that's a good point. I'm like, it's not just that. I'm like, what about the convenience store? She equates convenience stores to violence. So and like, what I- part of it is violent to you? Is, yeah. it the, is it the Muslims or Indians that are working behind the counter? Or is it the black people that are often at convenience right. stores? Which one is it? Because it's all bad. Man, it's terrible. Ugh. Right. Right. Terrible, terrible. But I can't wait for her comeuppance. And I think that the production team hates her also because yeah. they're showing us a lot of bad Mary. And then she kind of starts crying at her weird yeah. like breakfast table. For some reason, she asked for a tray to be brought to her. But I was like, you're in the kitchen. Where is the right. tray coming from? Right. Does she? Yeah. Do you think she has like servant quarters in her house? She definitely does. What was the tray? And then she asked him to go. Did you call the tray? Did you get me the tray? And in the last episode, she made him, did you make me the juice? It's really weird. I do not understand. And then he's like cartwheeling through the house. And he's like, I cannot keep up with your energy. And I'm like, ugh. Ew. I don't like it. Meredith's marriage. I don't like that. I also noticed this thing that Meredith does. She kind of stands like crotch out. Have you noticed that? She does this like weird slouch. Does a weird slouch and she's like, it's like, oh, 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 and she's like sad. It's like mopey. I don't know. It's really weird. I almost like, I know we joke about her being medicated, but I sometimes That's what I feel like she's heavily medicated. Everything she speaks slow, she speaks slurred. She does speak slurred. Did you and notice that like, in the car um, when her husband came in? Yeah, she was like kind of slurring her speech. She yeah. was like really weird. I was like, really I don't know what's oddly going on. Excited and then she became very quiet like it was too sudden yeah i didn't expect her to be that excited to see him it was like what 
what did she get bubbly about? And then the very next second, she was like straight up staring out. Yeah, which is like very much behavior that you do when you're like on a substance. Yeah. Even Seth, the way he's like talking about getting her to move, the whole reason why their relationship doesn't work anymore is basically because Meredith put herself first. Yeah. Very similar to like Kenya and Mark Daly. As soon as women like this start to put themselves first. Yeah. And again, also Meredith got married quite young. Yeah. You start to put yourself first. And all of a sudden your husband will unravel because it's like, well, this is not what I signed up for. Right. Even if it wasn't any of this, if there wasn't some other deep-seated emotional things. I mean, like she's saying that her business, she's the one who runs the business. The business is her. So when yeah. she moves, she's moving the entire business and that's harder. What you are talking about, like, oh, I have a hundred employees there. You know what? You don't have to move the employees. You just yep. have to move your ass. So you yep. need to travel back and forth. But yep. it's not the hundred employees that have have to move so that was like what are you talking about and I just like can't imagine a situation where like if I have been with my partner like I mean I've now I've been with my husband now for 12 years married for nine I can't imagine a situation where like a long distance thing wouldn't work because I would just be like this is fine I trust him I rely on him but obviously we know from before that Seth doesn't trust Meredith he keeps Mm -hmm. wanting to look at her phone so I think he thinks that something's going on there's a complete break in trust because Seth seems like a very little insecure kind of guy to me the way he started kind of crying and saying I don't want to leave you like he's filed before and it's really like I just found it to be very sad and toxic and I kind of wanted to be like Meredith you gotta get the fuck out of here like I hope that Meredith gets her wings and she's like I don't need to put up with this like there's no reason I need to continue I I want to see if there is a fun Meredith underneath this because when she was skiing I felt like we got a glimpse of her yes and then it's been back to this uh Drew Barrymore on heavy drugs kind of act I can so I notice all that about her and not her storyline yeah (laughs) that's true no it's a great observation yeah um, speaking of drugs, Whitney takes us along her father's sobriety journey. Yeah. I love Whitney. That was sad. It was. was also sad. Whitney Whitney's Mary tries to shut Whitney up by saying, Oh, she basically used a Shannon. She was like, Be quiet, Miss 30 year old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I start churches. Yeah. <laughs> she she gets on Mary on Whitney and Whitney's like, Yeah, I am in my thirties and you guys are old bitches and you're <laughs> I'm more mature than you. You're acting like children. I love Whitney. I love yeah. everything she's bringing. I think she's bringing realness. If you're wanting to be a new house a housewife, okay, here's the yeah. things you need to bring. A crazy marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. So a good backstory. You gotta be hot. You gotta yeah. actually let us into your family and you have to show your flaws. I like the fact that Whitney isn't maybe necessarily talking about her own flaws. But yeah. she's definitely talking about her family. And if you can talk right. about your family on a housewife show, your right. your deal is sealed. Yeah. And just like any other families, she had like stepbrothers and yeah. sisters. And it was it looked like a Brady Bunch kind of a family that again broke up. And yeah. she started in the middle. And that explains so much. It was just, it, was it was so just, sweet. I didn't mind that part. And she yeah. takes her dad to a yeah. sober house. I loved yeah. it. It just you seem, you seem genuinely happy to be there. And I was like, okay, that's so good. I get a little bit of insight into the type of person she is also because she wants to be sort of the peacekeeper, but she's not a peacekeeper in the sense that she'll sit on a fence. She's a peacekeeper in the sense that like, I'm going to make sure I explain myself to people and why I'm doing something. You know, it's like she, when she goes to her brother, she's like, you don't have to support him, but I just want you to support me supporting him. 
And I really like that. It's like, that's what you want sometimes out of your friendships too, which we'll talk about on Bollywood Wives shortly. You want that idea of friendships where you don't necessarily need that person to support you, but you need that person to support you supporting someone else. Yeah. That's it. And I really liked it. But yeah, Salt Lake City is still bringing it. Uh, Heather Heather says. Oh my God. Heather says about Mary. She goes, she goes. I mean, I get it. Like, I got married young, too. I mean, granted, I never called Billy grandpa or daddy or anything like that. (laughs) I love the sneaky shade that Heather drops. Right. There was one character that we we did not touch upon in this episode. Who? Oh, (laughs) Walter? Yeah, Walter. Not Lisa. Walter. (laughs) Oh, Lisa. We always be forgot to talk about Lisa. As always. Oh, I will say, so Lisa's talking to her husband about Meredith and Seth breaking up. And she talks about how in the Mormon church, you stay married for an eternity. And I was like, like, no wonder Heather is so fucked up over her divorce still five yeah. years later. When you hear this shit about like your marriage is for eternity in front of God, yeah. that's toxic. That's yeah. like people stay in abusive marriages when you're told, oh, this is it. Like it's for the rest of your life. That's terrifying. You always have to have an out because people are flawed. Yeah. Just saying you're going to make it work is not enough. And I mean, her husband seems boring as hell, by the way. I was like, get him off my screen. Her kids seem crazy and her husband is boring. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Lisa. We'd rather talk about Walter getting upset. Don't get him upset. She's like, don't make Walter upset. (laughs) Jen goes, hi, Walter. She goes, hi, Walter. I know him too. Like, I need a, I need a meme. I have the meme of Walter. Don't get Walter upset. Somebody made that one. But oh now I want one of Jen saying, I know him too. Yeah. She's like, I, I want know. Those two. I she goes, I, I want know. those two as a two panel meme. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I know him too. And I know Arturo. I was like, who's Arturo? We never got to meet Arturo. 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 Oh my God. It was so funny. They were like fighting over this old man. It was hysterical. <laughs> And Walter looked like he did not understand. Walter with a V. Yeah. You <laughs> mean a V. You mean a V. A V. <laughs> your accent is hilarious. Oh you say that. I just wanted to point out that my in my accent I cannot tell the difference. <laughs> it's like the only the only V letter that South yeah, Asians like- can pronounce correctly is visa, as in I need a visa to travel to America. <laughs> <laughs> you have a self-loathing South, South Asian. Self-loathing South Asian. How can you make fun of the immigration process? <laughs> it's like it's like it's our rickshaw to to the US. Okay. It is. That's true. It's our overloaded rickshaw to the US. We have somehow managed to master it. Don't yeah, that's change true. It either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for the bravo stuff this week great oh, week of television yeah, it was. It was i awesome. crammed it all in on one day by the way i waited until this morning and i watched it all together really? it oh was my a God. treat that's why, that's why your notes are so much more in depth <laughs> i just loved it i was like i my kids were like are you working mama i was like yeah why are you watching tv i'm like be quiet get out of here so that's it for bravo this week uh look out for our episode our next episode on fabulous lives of bollywood wives episode three 
and find oh. us on Instagram and Twitter at the Reality Is Pod. Yeah.